Dr. Mbenga. Wanted to check in with you because of our Klingon visitor. Coming up, an infamous Klingon war general's visit aboard the Enterprise opens up deep wounds for Dr. Mbenga and Nurse Chapel. Don't let hate ruin your soul. You gave the order. Anyone not a Klingon soldier is the enemy. Can the two keep their simmering animosity towards the now Federation ambassador under control? Get your hands off! Or will their ill will lead to disaster? All this and more coming up on the Strange New Worlds edition of Energize. 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 We're boldly going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe before Captain Kirk. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast, your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the new adventures of Captain Pike and the Enterprise crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week... Dr. Mbenga and Nurse Chapel's world is turned upside down when they come face to face with a Klingon defector who was once hell-bent on killing them. Shocking secrets and a mind-blowing revelation makes this week's episode totally awesome. Here's a Warp Speed recap of Season 2, Episode 8 of Strange New Worlds, Under the Cloak of War. Dr. Mbenga. Chris. Wanted to check in with you. Because of our Klingon visitor? I know you and Chapel were both stationed on Chagall, where Rob earned his reputation. There's a chance the ambassador has genuinely reformed. No, he's pretending. I have a proposal. If the two of us, direct enemies on the battlefield, can find a way to work together, that would be a powerful message. So you want to be my friend? Number one. We need to get Ra off this ship. I've just been informed that my time on the ship is being cut short. Please, leave me alone. Don't be stupid. What you said? Get your hands off! Some are human. Don't! What are you saying? I told you I didn't start the fight, but I'm glad he's dead. All right, Steve, this week's episode was awesome. I, I, I'm kind of wondering why this wasn't earlier in the season. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was it was an amazing episode that hit a lot of themes that have to do with, uh, in, in real life, how we treat people who were once, especially in a war situation, how yeah. we treat people who were once enemies, who were now... Um, um, I don't want to say colleagues. What's the better well, word? Well, allies, enemies, really. But allies, yes. Yeah. Enemies turned allies, and those allies who were once people who did a, um, uh, committed atrocities. I mean, that happens in real life all the time. Yeah, former I, generals become like you know presidents of countries. Yes, they do in other countries, and we have to deal with that. But this, to me, was like this guy was genocidal. It's like taking Hitler. Or, you know, the original Kublai Khan or whoever it was, not Kublai Khan, Genghis Khan, sorry. Omar Gaddafi. <laughs> Gaddafi or yeah. And being like, okay, let's be friends. Pol Pot. Yeah. Because yeah. to be honest, 
Um, this ambassador wasn't really offering anything except some kind of olive branch. He didn't even have oil or something to trade. He just was kind of a, a reformed Klingon. But those are the worst kind. It's like a smoker that quits and then tells you how bad smoking is. It's just like, dude, shut up. You did it forever. Yeah, yeah, but he had he's had become a famed ambassador yeah. who negotiated a lot of peace treaties and things mm -hmm. like that. So uh, that's where the uh, conundrum comes in because he obviously has done good things. So uh, the the Federation wouldn't have rolled out the red carpet for him. You know, and I do think too because we we both know everyone knows next week will be the musical episode. Why they're going high low high low a little bipolar in my opinion too. I think they could have done last week's episode and then this week they could have done the musical and then next week for nine and ten really made it more you know intense something we'd expect from star trek but as they did in season one uh, uh, yes exactly what they did exactly they did right the gorn episode and rolled right into um, quality of mercy yeah yeah exactly and yeah. that was after that silly dr mbenga fantasy thing whatever that he did where he was in some kind of you know whatever they, they threw that in there but on, in episode seven so yeah it's maybe they're just testing out the waters to see who knows captain's log stardate 1875.4 the enterprise has arrived at the prospero system for a rendezvous with the kelsey may in order to pick up a special visitor so this week's episode starts with the Enterprise playing host to a famous Klingon ambassador who recently negotiated a ceasefire agreement between three planets in the system um, that has been under Federation jurisdiction since the Klingon War. And this was a great episode in the sense that we get a chance to have flashbacks to the Klingon War as it pertains to uh, Dr. Mbinga and Nurse Chapel, because we already got hints of this in yeah. episode one when they went kamikaze and yeah. started kicking everyone's ass after they took a, a, a compound. Yeah, and they took the adrenaline and they're like, are you sure you want to do this again? I love that. It's it's shades of Marvel movies when Black Widow and Hawkeye are like, hey, you remember Budapest? It's like they've got this history and these two do too. And we were wondering what that, we knew we were going to see it. We knew that Mbinga was an ass kicker, but we absolutely yeah, and so yeah, I'm glad time. they're paying it off. Yeah, yeah, and they will, and they always do. That's what I love about, uh, especially Strange New Worlds. They always pay it off. Yeah. Enterprise has been tasked with transporting the ambassador to Starbase 12. Our orders are to make him feel welcome. However, our esteemed guest is a Klingon. But the, but there's a catch with this guy. This uh, and the catch is that he was an infamous Klingon general known as the Butcher of Jagal. Yeah. And this, this there was this conflict on this particular planet that that the Federation and the Klingons were having a really bloody battle. Yeah. And this is where in being a nurse chapel served in a field hospital on the front lines. This is where they first met. And it's you know it's kind of like a Vietnam story except Chapel you know instead of being dropped off by a Huey in 1968, she's dropped off by a shuttlecraft and. And literally dropped right into the middle of this mash type set or, or scene where it's like you know incoming wounded and it really reminded me a lot of mash for anybody who watched mash you know the choppers are coming in that's wounded it's triage it's surgery meatball surgery and they're like you know and clint howard is there to welcome her which is like 
I love seeing Clint Howard because I think this is like his third or fourth time appearing on a different Star Trek series, including the yes. original series. So I'm like, oh, there's Clint yeah, Howard. Yeah, that of was pretty cool. Yeah. But he's like, good luck. You'll figure out the rest. And she's just like, Jesus, I got to like, oh, my God. And it was just it was literally trial by fire. And it was, you know, things are exploding all around her. And boom, you know, there she is. Yeah, who's the chief nurse? You are. Yeah, there you, you are. <laughs> yeah. Very yep. Vietnam. Very much so. Very much so. Um and, 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 you know, like like I said before, this was a good payoff to seeing what, yeah. you know, uh, Nurse Chapel and Dr. Mbinga uh, experienced in the Klingon War because it's been referenced so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I was just, you know, just brought in immediately. I was already hyped for it because, like you said, this was a uh, – this field hospital was, like, under fire. Yeah. You know, they, they had a defense grid and every time wounded came in, they were beamed in and you would hear the announcement incoming. Right. You know? Yeah. It was radar. So it, it felt choppers. real. Yeah, it, it absolutely did. And it just not for one second did I feel that it wasn't real, even though it was sci-fi and there was phasers being blasted. It just it was so well done. The director, uh, someone I hadn't heard of before, um, and the writer was kind of new too. this reminded me very much of a Ron Ronald D. Moore type of script. It was really tight. It was really dark. And I'm like, this yeah, very much so. Very y- Ronald D. Moore, y- Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Oh, and original, you know, uh, original Next Generation too. He wrote uh, yeah, all my favorite so. episodes of Next Generation, all the tough ones. You know. Yep. Yeah. He's an effective voice in spreading Starfleet's message for unity. A former enemy speaking on our behalf—it's incredible. Or it's a long con to gain access to Federation secrets. So uh, this ambassador—I mean, the the Enterprise has to take this ambassador somewhere. Um, aboard their ship and so he comes on he's the jovial guy he wants to tour the ship you know which doesn't go over easy with some of the crew i mean immediately you 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 feel the misgivings of having this particular klingon aboard i loved who you know it's robert wisdom who was on he was in the wire and he was also on barry for the last two seasons yes <laughs> and he was great um yeah and but i hated him the second he came on first of all i thought his hair looked stupid but beyond that he, i just felt from the second he beamed on even before people started really talking about him i don't like this guy there's something i don't like and the crew was absolutely reflecting that especially in the beginning ortegas you know she's just like nope nope she's like uh, <laughs> you know we how can we trust this dude yeah he has a reputation yeah. he while uh when when the klingons were falling he killed a bunch of his men yeah. to uh, aid in his escape which gave him the title the butcher of jagal right and so now, he has a rep, right? And now here he is, being all nicey, nicey, and some kind of ambassador. I'm not buying it. I don't know if you were buying it. Uh, well, here's the thing. No, I was uh, my. I, I operated in two two spaces. So there's my gut, and I do not ignore my gut. Right. But uh, there's also my thinking, logical self um, that goes, okay, well, let me give this person the benefit of the doubt. It's it's the it's the whole, and I tell people this all the time about me. Um, I, f- for when you're dealing with somebody who could be hostile, I extend my hand in friendship, but my left fist is balled up to punch you. Nice. All right, I gotcha. Yeah. So hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Yeah. I guess is a better way of saying wow, it. Wow, that's remind me never to piss you off, Mister Sulu. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's for people I don't you know <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't who could potentially yeah. Uh, 
do me in, you know. Well, so uh, I'm hopeful. Good, and I'm glad to hear that. And and but I I just was like, there's something. Either I don't like the characterization of this fellow, or I don't trust him. But he immediately asks for a tour of the ship, and then I'm like, no. Nope. And you can see from the, the faces, especially Ortega's and other people, like, wait, he's getting a tour right now. Even Una was like, yeah, okay, what? Are you sure? All right. So, yeah, but Ahura, Ahura was all into it because the, the conversation between Ortega's and Ahura prior to the ambassador coming on the bridge was, yeah. you know, she's against. And Ahura's like, you know, respects the ambassador for all the work that he's done. And it's about moving forward and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she's spouting off just as they come on the bridge. And you know that the ambassador heard what she said. Oh, sure. Ortega's just like, he's. He, she said he's known as the Butcher of Jagal just as he walks in. And... Here's something that, and this this is this happens a couple times during this episode, where Ortegas does something, spouts off or whatever in a very un uh, Starfleet officer type way, and Pike just does nothing. And he, I mean, I'll say this again: this season especially, he really runs a loose ship, in my opinion. And it's funny to me how non-captain he is. He's really more like their best friend. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I have worked on a number of productions in their different leadership styles, and um, I, you know, I know, like, for me, they would say that I, you know, I, have, I run a fun crew and yeah. that kind of stuff, but I'm not loose like he is. Yeah. I, I have fun, I, I you know, I, I've been over backwards for crews and my sure. teams and things like that, but if you step out of line, yeah. you know, or, you know, take me for granted you know oh you're gonna show up late yeah. oh my god right. you know right. you showed up late after i told you you could come to set an hour later yeah. call time move to call time back so you get more rest but then you still show up half an hour late no right. now i'm pissed right exactly. so I, I i i i get his leadership style and yeah he's a lot looser because there are some times i think he could have clamped down i think so a lot more than he has yeah he almost is just kind of letting the thing play out and maybe that's the kind of captain he is but I don't know. I mean, yeah. Ortega's leaves on her own, and there's no disciplinary action, you know. Yeah. So. Ambassador Ra, it is an honor. I must admit, a curiosity in me, a desire to experience more of your culture. There's nothing to experience. They are a warmongering race, limited by ideology. So later on, we, we go down to, uh, I call it the galley. I don't know what they call it on this ship, but... Uh, uh, Spock, you know, is there making a drink, uh, yeah. you know, for the ambassador, and <laughs> he's um, trying to do it know, right. <laughs> he's trying to do it right with the replicators because it's not really like making it, but I guess you still have to program things in. It's still cooking, I guess, <laughs> okay. in a way. Yep, there's, there's preparation, you know. Yeah. But he wants to learn. A, he seems a little enamored by um, this this Klingon ambassador and wants to learn more about um, Klingon culture. But what's really funny to me is that this is what got me. You know, surprisingly, the ambassador says that there's nothing to learn about Klingons, and he dismisses his own race as just warmongers bound by, audi- you know, by their yeah. ideology, yeah. and that raised a huge flag with me. Yeah, you know, yes. I mean, I think we can all, do, you know, find things in our respective races and things that we will call out, but the, the wholesale say to reduce anyone's group to just being to nothing, a generalization, yeah. To a generalization, I that that raised a red flag. So I'm like, okay, this dude's too goody goody. 
you know, in, you it, know, in with the Federation. It's funny. You know? It's funny you say that because my first thought was there's anger behind that statement, not just truth or a warning. He sounded spurned. Like maybe he was rejected by the Klingons. Maybe, you know, I started to think like, well, wait a second. Yeah, why would he turn on his, his own race? He's the butcher. He's supposed to be the head Klingon. He's the most successful Klingon. He's killing everybody in sight. He's the butcher. How could he say that? And I'm thinking, okay, something happened here. Somehow he was kicked out. But that's what I'm starting to think. Like, you know, it's not what we think it is. He didn't leave. Right. So that's what I was starting to think. No, I'm with you. I'm with you because I turned right around after that, and I was just like, well, maybe, you know, like you were thinking. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe this dude's Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, well, listeners, to inject uh, a little bit of politics in that. But yeah. but this is, this. Uh, hear me out. So, you know, you have somebody like Clarence, you know, Clarence Thomas, per se, who vote who votes even when the conservatives vote for things that that are just for just say African Americans, he'll be the one person who goes against it. And yeah. it's just on principle. I'm just like, dude, what I, that's weird. Yeah. And so that's what you know, raise a red flag with me. You're gonna go wholesale on the Klingon race? Hmm, okay. And as another point of parallel, Ra got a free trip on a luxury yacht. The Enterprise. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, and I'm just like, okay, dude, are you, like, walking around this ship getting intel? Are you going to, like, all of a sudden pull your mask off and it'll be like, oh, no, it was blah, 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 and yeah. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you kids, you know? <laughs> we, we talked about that last week, too. You know, <clears throat> yeah. excuse me, I, I also think, just not to not to belabor Clarence Thomas, t- Clarence Thomas' point too much, but I see an element of cowardice in that person. It's not just a turncoat. Uh, it's someone who would do that and then even vote against their own self-interest and forget about where they came from and not help people below them. To me, that's cowardice, especially if you're doing it for a dollar or influence or power. That's not powerful and, to me. That's cowardice. That's what I think. Exactly. And so that's why I was uh, suspicious at that point, because that just really raised a red flag with me. Yeah. And, you know, Ra kind of backs it up. You know, Ambassador Ross says, you know, his distaste for the past you know, colors his words. You're right. Yeah. And I, the first thing I could hear was uh, Captain Kirk, don't believe him. Yep. Don't trust him. <laughs> yes. The Klingon bastards killed my son. All right, I've there never, you I've go. Never trusted the Klingon. And it's funny, there was a, uh, uh, a parallel to that one in, in um, Star Trek Beyond when he, when Kirk, uh, or Star Trek Into Darkness, when he goes, never trust a Vulcan. Like the Kirk, the Kirk thing is always like, just don't trust anybody. <laughs> I, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, Ra goes to pick up this drink that Spock replicated for him. Yeah. He burns his hand, which yeah. leads him to sick bay and, and into the cross, you know, into the the the, the path of Dr. Yeah. Ming and Nurse Chapel. And uh, it, it was a, it was really a trip that moment because um, Dr. Mingan was across the room. So he yeah. didn't have to engage and nobody else picked up on him being across the room. And he walks out. Right. It not only walks out, he he hides. And at some point, he starts to have a full-on panic attack, like a heart palpitation, and he can barely stand, and he's probably dizzy kind of panic attack. And we obviously know why. We know he was a fighter at some point. We know about their history. We saw him in the flashback. But this is serious. This is like a he could be having a heart attack. 
Yeah, and I thought this was great because I was like, dang, what? You know, now I'm like, uh, my interest has peaked even more because I yeah. want to figure out exactly, you know, w- you know what the connection is between the two of them. Was it direct? Yeah. Did they did they actually fight? Yeah. Was it indirect? And he's just the, this butcher that you know killed a lot of people that he you know ended up having to stitch back together. Was that it, or was it much much deeper? So I'm like, okay, I'm ready to see how this plays out. Yeah, the other thing I love about First of all, the actor, Babs, who plays uh, Mbenga and Mbenga himself, is the the level of calmness and serenity that he brings to this character. He rarely speaks above a whisper, um, and yet we know that he's got a violent kick-ass past. We don't know what it is, but he's the kind of gentle guy who could tear you apart with his pinky, but he doesn't do it. He's a man of you know medicine now. Uh, exactly, but, and, exactly. And to me, that's what's bugging at me. It's like there's something there that he's trying to keep down, right? Exactly. Christine Chapel, welcome to Jagal. Then begins a series of flashbacks. And yeah. so... Um, you know, I'm going to chunk them all together up to a certain point so that we can yeah, let's you know, just get go through those flashbacks. Yeah, let's just do uh, that. But, um, yeah, so we, you know, that's how we meet, you know, Nurse Chapel for the first time. She comes to the front lines, and yeah. like you said earlier, it's been flown in. Yeah. Um, we get a chance to see all the horrors that really impacted Chapel and Mbinga because um, they were getting wounded right off the battlefield, just like you said, mm-hmm. uh, a mash situation, just yeah. constant people broken and blown up and put yeah. in, in you know in pieces um and it was it, you know and it was it was horrifying you know because i remember that one 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 guy whose internal organs were out yeah he's in cardiac arrest we're losing him manual stimulation what grab his heart and start pumping one of the things that's happening at this time is that there's a pretty badly hurt patient and there is no organ generator <laughs> to generate organs to help this guy so they do old-fashioned surgery on a table on this fellow and Mbenga, you know nurse chapel is a nurse of course but she's got to do something she's never done before and that's reach in and literally pump his heart like get your fingers on his heart and get him pumping um because we need to keep him alive now that saves him uh but at the same time, there was another situation where there was a guy on the pad that they just beamed in that had his guts splayed all over the place, and they didn't think they could save him. So they pulled the old Scotty um, uh, trick, and they put him in a pattern buffer. And Yeah, and they that said, plays out later on. on. Yeah. Yep, they put, basically put him in stasis, and so yeah. that plays out later on. General Doc Ra, son of Raul, need help taking him out. I'm just a doctor now. I prefer saving lives to taking them. And so later on, in one of the flashbacks, we see that Mbinga was being solicited by the yeah. Andorian Special Forces yeah. guy yeah. Uh, to lead a mission to take out the general because of, um, of Mbinga's past combat experience. And he kept calling and, him the ghost. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. God. Like, as soon as he said, we need the ghost, or you were the ghost... I was like, oh, okay, there's something there. I mean, to be called the ghost, you know, and to know that he has combat experience, to me, I was just like, who is this guy? I really started to get into Mbenga. Yeah, he's not a one-dimensional doctor. And so, you know, and and, uh, the Andorian 
uh, leader of the Federation uh, Special Forces yeah. asked him Binga to generate this controversial Protocol 12 serum, but yeah. and Binga refuses, uh, you know, due to due to the side effects. And you know, the guy's like, "I need the edge. I want the edge." Yeah, he well, and he says a great line, a really well written line. I'd rather die tomorrow than today, because because Binga says, yeah. you know, this could kill you. Great. I'd rather die tomorrow than today. It's such oh, a, great. I'm so glad you brought that, that line back up because I yeah. totally forgotten about that. Yes, and, that and it's, really I, I remembered like, it because it was such a brilliantly written. This was a brilliantly written script. I love lines oh, yeah. like that that just, they're not over the top. They're not on the nose. It's just a great line. Yeah, and I was I was totally with it. I was like, uh, I think you're right. In this, yeah. in this situation, especially fighting Klingons, come on, they're yeah. already physically... You know, humans are physically outmatched by them. One of these, so I want that edge too. I'm yeah, like, screw it. I rather rather uh, fight and, and worry about the side effects later. Yeah, agreed. Exactly, and it makes perfect sense. And I'm a I'm a fighter, so I need to get out there. And what the Federation did for me saved my life. Jagal changed me. Jagal changed a lot of us. You were on Jagal. I was in the final conflict. And the massacre of Colony Athos. So, the next thing that happens over the course of the episode are these really un, uh, uncomfortable interactions with Ambassador Rock, yeah. and it was it was so well played. And um, you know, in Binga and Chapel, Pike asked him to attend this this dinner he's hosting with the ambassador, yeah. and you know exactly what this was reminiscent of. Oh, it's from uh, uh, un- it's from Star Trek Six, right? From Undiscovered Country. It's like, you know, we've got to go hang out with Christopher Plummer. To be or not to be. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. It is exactly. better in its original Klingon. I love it when they say that. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. And and yeah. so there's there's these exchanges that go back and forth. You know, Ra yeah. asks is if Abinga was on the front lines of Jagal, and he acknowledges that he was there for the final conflict. Yeah, <laughs> Chapel yeah. indicates that she was there for the massacre at the outpost, and it, you know you can just feel the tension. Exactly, it suddenly just gets really icy. And again. I, I feel that these actors are not just people on Star Trek. They're actors. They're very good. I think the direction was good here. You could just feel the chill in the room. And kudos to Ra, played by Robert Wisdom, who just also, he just dropped his shoulders. And you could just see that he was outnumbered. And it was great. It was really tense. Yeah, and he insists, you know, his ideals had changed after the conflict. And so that, that yeah. brings you back. It's like, well, you know, can a person who did such evil change and yeah, maybe they can. Maybe they they come to terms with the uh, the horrors that they, uh, in atrocities that they committed, and you know, go completely the opposite way. Because think about it, Mbinga clearly was a was a um, a master soldier. You know, he was the kicked ghost. ass, and he completely his pendulum completely swung the other way. And he's all about medicine and helping people. So there's some parallels here. Okay, I, and I, I'll give you that, but Mbenga is not from a warrior race. Um, so you've got Ra, who is, you know, born, raised, and, you know, it's in his DNA to be a warrior, and he's this butcher, and he's killing everyone, including children and all these people, and then just, what, on the dime he switches over because things get too crazy, or suddenly he grows a conscience? Uh, I, I'm still not buying it. There's something either that we're not knowing or he's he's a spy. I, I just don't buy it. And neither does anybody at the table except for Pike and Una. And I bet you even Una has her reservations. Yeah. Yeah, well, Ahura was, you know, was still open to him, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. She was. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it, 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 it made for a very, I was just uncomfortable watching that whole entire scene because I didn't know if at any given second somebody's going to jump across the table and, uh, and <laughs> kill somebody. Is it true? The story about what you had to do to escape? We were all pushed to our limits. To the survivors of Jigal. You know, Ortega's asked, asked Ra, you know, you know uh, about the story. Is the story true about him escaping and killing his own men? Hmm. Right, and you it's know? done at a point where it's obvious that some, that the elephant in the room has to be addressed. And Ra does it. He's like, obviously, you want to ask me a question, right? And she's yep. just like, yeah, I want to know, did you kill your own men? And he admits he did. And yep. she, she stands defiantly. She's pissed. This is, again, where I, if I were Pike, I would either say, you're relieved of duty or sit the fuck back down. But he just kind of lets her go like a dad watching his teenage daughter throw a fit. Yeah, but then he asks her to leave. Yeah, but... Yeah, okay, but it, it wasn't um, in a disciplinary way, which yeah. you would think it would be for Starfleet, especially with an ambassador on board. But Yeah, because that shouldn't yeah. fly like that. But then, but then, yeah, but then the smart thing for Chapel to do is go, I should go see how she's doing because she wants to kill this guy. And then Pike reads the room again and says, hey, maybe you should just go too. <laughs> to yeah, because, yeah, I mean, like, Mbenga's <laughs> gripping the, the yeah. chair where it handles. And yes. <laughs> it looks yeah. like he's about to explode. I'm just like, oh, my God, this dude's about to go off. Yeah, yeah, as anyone would. Um, so Mbenga gets up to leave, and as he's going, Ra grabs his arm. Your security officer, Laan, she tells me that the two of you are practicing full impact, Mokbara. And I was wondering if we might... Arrange a session. I'll check my schedule. And right there, I'm like, oh, was that a smart idea? I don't know. Um, but uh, so he says that he goes, I, I've, I've, I've learned from your security officer that you practice a certain type of judo. Would you spar with me? And suddenly I'm like, wait, that's weird. That's, I don't know, that's more TNG than TOS, in my opinion. Let's go to the holodeck and play Parisi Squares or something. I thought it was a little too on the nose, but I don't know. What did you think of it? I was just like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know, then I'm starting to think, I'm like, okay, do, you know, is there some kind of beef and this ambassador's going to kill him? You know, is this a Kodo situation in reverse? Yeah. From the right. original series? Yes. So what, why? So why is he doing that? Why Mbenga? Why is he grabbing him? The man who doesn't even want to be there. He, he you know, he, and he asks about the doctor who he hasn't even seen. So, you know, naturally that leads to a Matrix style sparring event. Yeah, it was a great scene. I loved it because I just didn't know what the hell was going to happen. I was just yeah. like, okay, I'm ready to see how this plays out. But it was it was another equally uh, intense scene. And so these two are going back and forth talking as they're fighting. I have a proposal. If the two of us, direct enemies on the battlefield, can find a way to work together, that would be a powerful message. So you want to be my friend? We don't need to be friends. Just allies. I, I think it wasn't enough for me. I wanted to see. I wanted to see them hurt each other more. I don't think they hurt each other enough. I mean, Ra gets in a good couple of you know good twists and knocks Mbang on his back, but he doesn't really do anything. I would have liked to see both of them kind of cross the line a little bit and scare themselves with what they really could do. I would have liked to see more of Ra. Like, why does he want to spar with this guy, but he doesn't, you know, put him in his place? If Ra had pinned Mbenga and said, stop 
pursuing me or stop, you know, and it, like showed his true colors. I think that would have even been more of a chilling scene. But that's not what happened. He he maintained his solemnity, you know. Yeah, and so Ra seems to want to be allies with Mbinga, you know, Weird. for propaganda. Weird. You know, two yeah. people who fought against each other in the yeah. war are now pushing for peace. And so he's got a motive. So that was his motive. Yeah. Yeah. He, yes, it's public relations. Yeah. Look, here's, yeah, here's but, a guy that I severely, you know, damaged mentally from this war and we're shaking hands. Yeah. I, I get the motive. Um, but I, I, but then, okay, then conversely, I would have liked to see Mbenga pin Ra and maybe almost kill him. And stop at the, almost at the end, and, and and have Rod just sit there and go, if that's what you wish to do, like to just prove that he's he's chill. They just didn't take it far enough for me. I know you liked it. It wasn't enough for me. I wanted more. No, no, I get it, and I I can understand. I mean, we always yearn for more, but um, yeah. I you know definitely saw what the 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 purpose of this was was yeah. the you know this this. this uh, ambassador has a plan. He wants, yeah. you know, more PR stuff. And go, yeah. remember, he's a famous ambassador. Yep. So why not, you know, join forces, you know, with a, you know, a rival? Did you really kill your own man? Yes. I killed my own men because I was appalled by those atrocities. And, you know, then him being asked this question, he wants to know if he killed his own man. I'm just like, oh my God, we're picking yeah. the scabs Same here. Same question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Ra gives yep. the, the standard answer. I was killed by the I was rather I was appalled by the atrocities. And, you know, I'm thinking, why would he ask that? He already knows that. I think he wants to look into his eyes and say, tell me you did it. Like, I want to see that you can own that you actually did this to your own people and talked about, you know, talk smack about him. Like, I want to see what kind of man you are. He's measuring him up, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just seeing, you know, I'm just really paying attention, trying to pick up on any clues about the gamesmanship that's going on here. Yeah. And, and and so, you know, we once again, Mbinga is, you know, taking a sonic shower and is having another panic attack. And then that <laughs> launches us into a, another flashback where uh, we fi- he finds out, you know, Mbinga you know, finds out that the special ops mission failed. And, yeah. All the patients he literally brought back from life are now dead. Yeah, including <laughs> the kid, the, the, the kid that they, you know, they pumped his heart to save his life. There's a really great scene where he patched, you know, he got patched up and he says, I'm going back, this kid that they saved. And Mbenga's like, you don't have to. I can put you on medical leave. He's like, no, dad, no, dad, uh, no, doctor, I'm a soldier. I'm going to go. And of course, he shows up on a slab. He comes back dead. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, and you know that made it really real. I mean, this kind of stuff for goes me, on in, in, sure. in war. Yeah, people make these decisions, and some people go, "I'm nobly going to go back in." You're like, eh, "I don't think so, dude. You're already limping. I don't think you should go back in." But they do it anyway. Well, I'm a soldier. And I was. That's what I'm here for, right? And we we saw. You know, I was a huge fan of Mash when I was a kid, and there were plenty of episodes like that where they bring kids in, they patch them up, and they're like, i got to go back, and they come back dead. It's just, those are the best episodes of that show. I think they were channeling that a little bit, maybe. Oh, yeah. I, I you know, Definitely, definitely. And I was a kid that grew up watching MASH as well. Yeah. Um, so I get the parallels. Number one. What's this? A course through the Chantico Nebula gets us to Starbase 12 by tomorrow. Chantico. We need to get Ra off this ship. So... 
we we then find Una with Pike, and she's like, "We got to get this dude off the ship." Yeah, you know, as soon as possible. I've I've got a, a shortcut route to to where our destination yeah. to get to our destination. Yeah. Let's get this fool off because I don't think this is going to work out. No, the morale is is for shit, and you know, it's people are going to start turning on each other. We can't have that. Um, but you know, Pike, of course, is the chill level. I've I've yet to see Pike lose lose his shit, uh, says, listen, how can we be a federation and represent that federation believing in peace if, you know, some people aren't allowed to make up their past and we give them that shot, just like you were saying, you know, before, give them a shot, um, which, which makes every viewer, you, me, and everyone listening to this and everyone who saw it, take pause and think, what would you do? It's a really provocative question. Yeah, and, I, and and that's what's really great about this show, what's great about Star Trek. It yeah. actually, you know, makes you think. And yeah. I, I just wish more people would not dismiss it as sci-fi and, and actually watch it for the stories that, that, yeah. uh, that I, are presented. I, because I think really it's a wonderful was, drama that happens to take place on a starship. Just like Battlestar Galactica exactly. was a phenomenal drama series that happened to take place on a starship. Basically an aircraft carrier in the sea. Yeah, um, there it is. But, but space. Yeah. yeah. And that was a profound, you know, what Pike said was profound. I, yeah. you know, I was like, yeah, but we also live in the real world. And Una, counter, her counterpoint was that notion's great, but it, it, it lives in the abstract. Yeah. Right. It, 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 that, and that's a, another great piece of writing that says we'd all love to have that. It's a notion. It's not reality. Um you know, personally, I that breaks my heart because we could easily make that our reality if we wanted, but we don't. There's plenty of bad actors out there. We know plenty of them, and those are the folks that mess it up for the rest of us. <laughs> exactly. People are looking for you. You're going out there. Someone has to finish the mission. You can use this to find me. Don't bring me out until you have to. And so then, you know, we we have uh, you know one more flashback, and it's. It's Mbinga, um, he's suiting up, yeah. you know, he decides to take up the mantle of the Enduring leader for the special ops and he's going to go in using Protocol 12. Mm -hmm. And it was really a trip to me because he gives um, Nurse Chapel some too and it's like, here, just in case the, the field hospital, you know, collapses, is breached by Klingons, use this. Which, which does tell us that she did use it, even though we don't see it, because she had used it before, because when they said that in episode one, hey are you sure you want to do this again? And they both did it, and it seemed like she had done it before, too. So, obviously, she had some of her own stuff to, to deal with. Yep. And then <laughs> things get totally crazy. Oh so, God. Rob visits Mbinga and Sickbay again to appeal to him. Hey, man, let's work together. I've been informed that my time on the ship is being cut short. We don't have as much time as I had hoped to get to know one another. I'm okay with that. I don't need to know any more than I already do. Yeah. You and I, we could be poster poster people for the Federation, making peace around the globe, yeah. in the universe. Yeah, and you know this leads to a twist. So Mbega loses it and calls Ambassador Ra out for the order he gave uh, during the war. You know, yeah. kill you know anybody not a Klingon soldier is an enemy, which included women and children. Yeah, a couple things here. It, it, during the earlier fight, Mbega had asked. The ambassador, who fought the hardest, which Klingon that you killed fought the hardest, and he named a guy. And now we're back in that moment. Number one, Mbenga keeps calmly asking, please leave me alone. Please leave. I'm warning you now. I don't want you here. 
you have been that situation, Anthony, where you're about to lose your shit and you warn someone. Mm-hmm. I have been in that situation. I'm telling you now, I'm remaining calm, but I will lose it if you keep pushing me. And and to me, after everything we'd seen this entire episode, to me, that said everything to me. Like, that was the denouement. That was the moment where I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to lose his mind because <laughs> he's telling him, please leave me alone. And you know the guy's not going to do it. Yeah. You know, and... The ambassador's like admits it's true yes. and that he's doing the best to make up for it. So he's yeah. still, you know, toeing the line of, you know, I'm a reformed guy and I'm trying right. to make the best of, you know, make amends for what I've done. And, oh. um, you know, Eve uh, and Binga, you know, recall, you know, recalls the Klingon he fought that stayed behind as uh, he escaped, <laughs> you know. I am the butcher of Chicago. All of this time you've said nothing. You let me take credit. Because unlike you, I am ashamed of that much. I am ashamed of my cowardice. Here's the twist, right? So he asks again, who was the who fought the hardest? And Ra goes, I told you it was, you know, so-and-so. And Omega goes, No, it wasn't. Because I killed those men. I'm the butcher of Jagal. And and then we have that flashback of of him killing that Klingon. And, and Ra escaping, literally um, running like a coward. And I was like, I knew it. That son of a bitch was a coward. He ran. He ran. And and to have Mbenga go, I was the butcher of Jagal? Oh, my God. I got yeah, that was mind-blowing. I was like, oh, snap. That was insane. Oh, my yep. God. It was crazy. Brilliant, brilliant. I didn't brilliant see that twist. coming. No, I didn't either. Brilliant twist. And that's why Mbenga has been so tortured and so this and so that. And it, it, it makes his his call sign ghost so much even more appropriate. Um, and then, you know, then the next thing happens and it's pretty bad. Don't be You're welcome. Get, Get your hands off. So so human. Don't yeah, and so Roz, you know, the ambassador Roz taken back by the fact that uh, Mbinga let him take credit for massacring his own men all these years, and and actually fleeing, and 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 you know Roz is you know ashamed by his cowardice, and you know, but Mbinga is ashamed for what he did, but Roz is like committed to the work that he's done for peace, and he knows that if the truth came out, everything, all of his work would be completely undone. Right, and and so what that says is, I'm a coward. I, I, I killed women and children, you know, mercilessly. Then I ran like a bitch. And then I allowed myself <laughs> to take credit for killing my own men so I could look like I have a conscience. And then I hide under the cloak of ambassadorship and detente. And to, and all of those things Mbenga absolutely hates. And he just says, listen, you got to pay for what you did. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna make you pay. And he opens up this case, and it's the dagger, which we find out was the dagger that was used to kill those Klingons. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh my god, you know, it, it, <laughs> what are you about to do, in Binga? Yeah, and and so you know, it, this is where it gets convoluted, where we don't, yeah. I, at least from my vantage point, yeah. know exactly how that went down because Mbinga engaged him. You know, yeah. he's like, leave me alone. 
And when Rock touches him on the shoulder again, he yeah. snaps, but he didn't have the dagger in his hand. No, he didn't. So it was still in the case, and the two were struggling. And you can only see it through this. Yeah, but you can only see it through the blue glass. So you see right. shadows. Now we know that Ra was taller than Mbenga, and Mbenga was on the left, so that stayed the same. But we don't know who grabbed the knife, who may have thrown the first punch, if there was one. Uh, but we hear a stabbing sound going into flesh, and the tall guy, who we know is Ra, has now collapsed to the ground. I was there. Saw the whole thing. Ra wanted to talk, but Joseph was done. He told Ra he didn't want to be involved with a war criminal. So hearing that set him off. I have to tell you, I was shocked. I was shocked. I just didn't think Mbenga would do that. I didn't think he would kill somebody, especially being a doctor taking the Hippocratic Oath. I know why he killed Ra, but I, I, I just, and I know it was murder. I don't think it was an accident. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I wonder, but I, you know, I guess they left it for us to decide. Oh yeah, and that again. A brilliant part of the writing and the direction. What a great team these two are. You know, it's it's Ronald Moore 2.0. To to leave it in our hands, we've been, dis- listen, we've been internally discussing this, this whole episode, and now it's up to us to decide what really happened. They didn't show us. That was genius. It was just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I like it when um, the writers don't, you know, put everything on the nose right yeah. on the head. Oh, yeah. They leave a little ambiguity there for us yeah. to make a decision for ourselves. And so that yeah. was really cool. And so next we see Chapel giving her account of what happened to Pike and said that Inglebill and Binga killed Ra in self-defense. Right. And of course, she's going to say that because no matter what had happened, she's going to defend Mbenga. She feels the same way about Ra. She was right there. She saw what Mbenga had to do. He he dis- deleted that pattern buffer of that soldier that they put in the buffer because he needed room for auxiliary power so they could, um, you know, what, were they, what did they need it for? It was for some kind of They defense. needed it to fire up the, they had lost power and they needed to channel power into the um, the, the transporter so that more, uh, yeah, more soldiers, soldiers could come be, in, but they had to saved. clear the backups. Right. Right. So she saw what he was willing to do. She knows who he is. And they have that history. And uh, listen, again, I fully believe that that was a murder. Um, and I think Chapel's backing him up on it. What surprises me is once again, it just seems to just go without any kind of, even an investigation this is a huge ambassador, a guy who could really help with the Klingon Empire. And Pike's like, yeah, um, you're going to go with that story then? And then that's it. <laughs> yeah. Did, so the question is, you know, when Pike goes to you know, speak with Mbinga in sickbay, does Pike believe him? No. Does he believe I, the story? The Federation believes everyone deserves a second chance. What about justice? What about the victims? Doesn't everyone deserve to pay for their actions? It's hard to tell because I, my biggest complaint about this season, and I have so few, is that Pike has hardly been in any of these episodes. He's just been kind of this ancillary character. A little frustrating to me. I want a little more Pike. And he, he just, again, he kind of took a, a back seat. And here he is just kind of sitting there like, so did you do it, didn't you? Uh, how are we supposed to know what he thinks? Because he's, he's being a little bit distant here. Personally, I think he believes that Mbenga murdered him, but he wants to believe, like you would, that maybe it was just self-defense. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So maybe that's, you know, how we, how he's playing. I do want more Pike, you know. and Yeah, I'm not getting you know, enough Pike. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll get another quality of mercy by the end of this. Well, yeah, I, that may be what 10 is. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm grateful for, I mean, I, I'm starting to feel like the medical team is my favorite part of the ship, although I really love everybody. But Mbenga and Chapel are becoming quickly my two favorite characters. Yeah, yeah, they come a long way in uh, this season. They got featured quite a bit. So uh, the you know, Pike and Mbinga debate yeah. justice. Who decides, you know, who who decides who pays and who and, yeah. and where's the line, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and Mbinga, and, you, know, yeah. you know, tells Pike, you know, you have the privilege. Uh, yeah, of believing what's best in people. Now, t- tell me, what does he mean by that, the privilege? Being a captain, being someone who didn't struggle, what is that? Where does that come from? I, I think he's just basically saying that you and your, you know, in your position, not having been through what we've been through, you get a chance to stand on principle. Okay. And, and say, he gets say the luxury these things that, without yeah. any reference to anything that was devastating or tragic. Right. And in Benga, in, in just a, I don't want to say cold blooded, but in a very nonplussed way, just sits there and says, listen, some people don't deserve forgiveness. And, I didn't start the fight, but I am glad he's dead. And I'm like, wow. I was like, boom. <laughs> Dude. So then I'm thinking, well, maybe it was an accident. But I don't know. I mean, how do you... We'll, we may never know. Or next season, they'll bring it up again somehow. I, I don't think they should drop this story because I just don't think he should get off scot-free. And next week, they're doing a damn musical. So, you know, un- unless it's Jailhouse Rock, uh, we're not going to revisit this one this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. You know, they've already been greenlit for season three, so we know there's more to come. So, yeah, very, very, very interesting episode. Oh, but I, loved I, it. I loved it. I loved it. It was a nice, you know, gritty episode. You know, and like I said, I mean, every episode should be gritty. But there's been a little far, far in between this 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 season, and it was yeah. you know refreshing to get something that challenged me mentally. I agree, and this was also back to one pure Star Trek because it's just so provocative in a good way. Really makes you question things, and two, it was it was the Ronald D. Moore type of Star Trek, which has always been my favorite, and so I would consider this. I don't know if it's my favorite because I really loved episode three when when Kirk and uh, Laon went back in time, but I think this is probably the most perfect episode they've done so far. It's just phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah, bravo, bravo, bravo. Yep. So, Good job. Um, yeah, yeah. So really quick, just uh, my favorite moment. Um, I, I think I have so many. I just want to say my favorite thing about this episode is the writing. I think it was crisp. I think it was intelligent. It's the writing that we fans deserve. And so just kudos to, to the whole staff. But the writing was just was brilliant. Yep. And, you know, performance-wise, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, and Binga, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. That was just brilliant, and, and there's Chapel because I felt every every scene that they were in, I felt it, and yep. Um, yep. that that kept me sitting in my seat because I was just waiting to see how this was going to play out. And Agreed. I love the flashbacks; that was a great way of, you know, giving us some um, some more good backstory on these characters that that we're starting to love more and more. Agreed. Well, that concludes this episode of Energize, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Hey, if you want to check out what we're doing online, go to our website. That's www.energizepodcasts with an S. 
www.thinkingmaclemore.com. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper.